Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, I just wanted to put in a little message here before we got started. Max's audio um, is a little up and down today. Something was going on with his mic. I know we've had some tech issues lately, um, and, but we got to figure it out. But he's just going to have a little bit of variation in his volume. I hope it doesn't bother you too much. Um, we solved it for the next few films, and so we shouldn't have any issues going forward. But if we do, we'll keep on letting you know. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I hope the audio is not too much of an issue and enjoy the show. It was somewhere between the years of 1997 and 2001. As any almost teenager, all I wanted was one thing. A Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker action figure. We went store to store. Walmart. Target. Best. Circuit City. They don't exist anymore. Looking for this action figure. And I found it once. And I went to my mother and I said, Mother, I would like this action figure, please. And she said, no, welcome back to our show. It's Infinite Pulp presents its course, rough, and everywhere, Star Wars, a sand story, a working title. How's everybody doing? I'm skeptical about the fact that your mother said that. I don't feel like she's prescient to my knowledge, so her awareness of future podcast titles feels a little far-fetched. No, she said no. Did you not catch the no? Well, she didn't say no. No, but Darth <laughs> Vader did. And we'll talk about the 4K oh release of that because God. that is Ooh. absolute garbage. It's something. That's Jeez. Something. Welcome the to the show. The McClunky Cut. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like the McClunky Cut because that's just a big like flip of the finger to the fans who get way too serious about this. And I am here for it. I back George for McClunky. I'm a, I'm a team McClunky. Yeah, 100%. It's Return of the Jedi. That's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about. I am very excited. That's actually a true story. I really did want a Luke Skywalker action figure that was the all black and had the white, I'm uh, not white, geez, the green lightsaber. Very much. That was like the action figure I wanted. And I looked for it and found it once. And I think I had already purchased a action figure that month. And I wasn't really like allowed that many action figures a month, but like one was very reasonable. And so I don't think I actually had the opportunity to get at that time because I think it was like, oh, you already got one. You can get one next time kind of a situation, which is very fair. That's a fair parenting move. I'm not, I'm not begrudging my mom with that at all. And honestly, I never found it again. I could not find that one action figure ever again. And we didn't have the internet back then. So we were like, I mean, you did, but you'd have to go and type in a web page and then go do all your shopping for the day and then come back and it's halfway loaded, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, geez, I really did want is, that action figures. That figure is probably worth like 600 grand at this it point. It probably you know? is, but you know, I would have opened it up and played with it because I did that as a child, like hours late at night because I couldn't sleep very well with my light on, like... I remember I had a green alien with a silver mask that I like tore off of his face so I could remove it and turn it on for like dramatic effects while like I was playing out my scenes. That's horrifying. So it was amazing. Anyways, how's everybody doing? Let's get into Star Wars. Let's do it. I want to go. Feeling really good. Yeah, I'm great. Really excited. 
Excellent. Excellent. I'm so excited for this. Um, so, Who is the strange voice in the podcast, by the way? I just we're not feel talking like- about that at all, by the way. You have heard this voice before. He just sounds way clearer, way more magnified and just like powering because he has them vaulted ceilings now. <laughs> um, so this is Drew. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us why you're here and why you love Star Wars? Because we're going to be real cheesy today. Yeah, so my name is Drew. I was back on the the film series episode, I believe, several months ago. Um, I have since moved to a new apartment with vaulted ceilings, so I, hopefully my gains feel good. That's all Aaron's engineer audio engineering job. Um, but I did mention, actually, at the end of that episode that the first time... I think I mentioned this on that episode. I'm pretty sure I did. But... Uh, I did mention that the first time I ever saw Star Wars was in 1997 um, for the special release. My family didn't have any home videos of it. I somehow never saw it at a friend's house or anything like that. So the first time I saw Star Wars was in a theater in 1997 with my dad and my brother. And it was the best. It was literally life-changing. I tell people that there are three film franchises that have like shaped my definition of cool. Um, that like anything with that graphic design or that style or something like that, I still think is cool today um, at 34. Um, and they are Top Gun, Jurassic Park, and <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Dude, have you watched, speaking of Jurassic Park, I know this is a Star Wars podcast. Camp Cretaceous is so have you seen, good. I just finished Camp Cretaceous last night, and it's literally so good. I haven't like, watched it yet. I really yeah. need to. Yeah, um, like I went in skeptical. I put it on while I was working and I was like, all right, let's just see what this is here. And it's unjustifiably good. Like it should it is. no children's TV show about dinosaurs eating people should be as good as that show. I feel is. like that's like a th- that's like a recent theme, right? Like Cobra Kai. That show should yeah. not be good. Yeah, it really shouldn't. But it is. <laughs> and the disparity between like how bad that should be and how good it actually is, is like a significant gulf, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But we're here to talk about Star Wars. So we are, I know, we'll, I know, I know. We got to get back to get it. the train back on <laughs> back on the rails. Let's get the train back on the train. Let's. Um, so this is what we do at the beginning of each episode. Um, I want to know where the Star Wars film ranks on each one of yours personal list. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to have an infinite pulp ranking of like, this is what our show's ranking is. So right now we have Empire Strikes Back first, A New Hope second, and then we're going to place Return of the Jedi someplace in there. And we'll see where it's at at the end of the show. But for right now, let's get everybody is where is this rank on your and I drew I forgot to warn you that we're doing this. So I apologize no, if you want to go if you want to go last, go last. Yeah, I'll go last. I OK, but but I have mine ready to go. I think, Max, are you ready? Do you know where yours is at? Um, And let me pull it up. I don't have I don't have it right in front of me. OK, OK, cool. So I will go first. Um, Honestly, after this viewing. And this viewing kind of like really looking at it and scrutinizing it a little more than I do, it slid down a little bit on my list. Um, and so I think I'm going to have to put this one at, let's see here, one, two, three, fifth. This is my fifth favorite Star Wars movie at this point. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so for me, the new guy. Um, go through your go through your top four. 
Well, so we've only released what we've watched so far. So okay, we're trying. Okay. okay, yeah, we should probably warn you before we get into Star Wars. We're trying to take this as we don't have any future knowledge of what Star Wars is going to be. This is like us, 1983, walking into Empire Strikes Back, watching this film. So we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So we can only talk about like what this film is on its own merit, and not necessarily how we're going to do a whole episode on how everything fits together. And we'll do that later. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Trying to get you in the mindset. So right now, Empire Strikes Back for me is number one on my list. It's my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. And um, A New Hope is my third favorite Star Wars movie of all time. So I have revealed my first, third, and fifth. I will be revealing my seventh next, and then my ninth and eleventh, because that's just the way the order goes. No, I don't know how it's going to go, but that's funny how it's going all odds right now. And I will go ahead and rank my next. So Empire is my number one. Empire is just so good for so many reasons. It's just it escalates everything so beautifully. Um, and I was shocked to discover because I remember being very fond of Return of the Jedi. Um, but I think as a kid, I had like a higher need for things to be like wrapped up and bow tied neatly at the end of the story. So I think. I guess I just liked it more because every everybody lives happily ever after the end. But honestly, like this watch through, I like A New Hope better than I like Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi just feels like it doesn't quite get there. Yeah. Which I, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad saying because I, I no, wanted right, to though. love it. No, you're so sp- much. I think you're spot on. You're Max. spot on. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I think, and we talked about it in the commentary a little bit, you go through that journey of. Return of the Jedi is always higher on your list as a child. And then when you get older, when you rewatch, you're like, you know, it's just, it's that's not the same as mm-hmm. what I remember it is. And there's a lot of like canon and continuity, like, like that kind of like those kind of issues. And like, there's a lot of issues with the film that you don't recognize as a kid because it's like, oh yeah, we finally get to see Luke do his thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we've been waiting to do. So where is it? Where's it at on your list? Uh, my friend, my friend, Drew. Uh, yeah, no, Max, you, you put that so well. Um, I think I completely agree with both of you that were saying when I was, when I was a kid again in 1997, um, and again, I think they released those movies like every two weeks um, in the theater, if I remember correctly. Um, but this return of the Jedi was the best movie I'd ever seen in my entire life, mm-hmm. um, without, without question, but watching it a little bit more. And I still think like I, I had the micro machines like Ewoks and stuff like that. The Ewoks haven't really bothered me as much. I don't feel like they have aged as poorly, but, um, you're totally right in that there's just not as much dramatic tension as there is in the new hope. Um, and, uh, so I think I would, yeah, I have to put it fifth as well. Um, it's kind of, it's boring radio agreeing with you guys completely, but, no. um, that's, that's the reality of the situation. It's not boring radio. It's just like, you know, sometimes we can all be the smartest person in the room. Correct. You know? It's, it's not bad to have good taste. <laughs> yeah. We've just, we've taught, discovered that recently. So what we like to do on this, um, Drew is I kind of just start off with questions that I have that I wrote down during the film and we just discuss that and just then start to get broader and kind of broader on like what the movie is and then kind of start looking at different plot points. We kind of hop around a lot and sometimes we go in order. So it's kind of just a, I know that's a 
paradox. But, you know, sometimes we mostly just kind of hop around and kind of like flush out how our feelings about the film are. But I want to start off with search your feelings. You know them to be true. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to start off with just like, I guess we just kind of did. We talked about what the film needs to us. We don't need to do that anymore. Let's just start off with the questions. Absolutely. And here's the question I have for everybody right now is what was the plan to save Han? Because there is a line that C-3PO says about um, Luke, like, like, it, no. So when they're walking, when C-3PO and R2-D2 are walking to Jabba the Hutt's palace, he says two different lines. He talks about, like, Luke not filling him in. like, And then he talks about how, oh, because Han and Lando aren't yet back, we have to go in. That's the essential phrase of the line. That's not the exact thing. But that's essentially what he's saying is. And so, like, was the original plan for... Lando and Leia to go in and save it, but then we don't see Leia and Chewie show up until later, and like they weren't there the whole time, so it was just Lando figuring things out. So what really was the plan? I think it's all convoluted. I don't know. Can I? I, I need to interject here because I think this is part of the movie that actually works the best. Uh, oh, I love the scene. Don't get me wrong. I just like. There's so I don't much think drama and it feels like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the plan is probably nonsense. It probably doesn't make any sense, um, but it feels like it. it's kind of like dropping you off in the movie because um, it starts kind of like Empire, you know, like we get that stuff yes. has already happened, like events are already set in motion and there's already some things building, like the whole team is in on something that the audience that's watching the film doesn't know about. Um, and that's hugely exciting. Um, and especially like when R2 has like the lightsaber in him, we're all like, yeah. oh, hell yeah, like R2's in on it. Like, let's go. Um so I think this part of the film really works, even though um, things aren't explained. But I like that part of it because, um, once again, like the characters are into something that the audience is not privy to. I did not realize, like watching through this time, when the lightsaber pokes out of R2, I wasn't convinced that that was a lightsaber. Like, I, I feel like that was kind of like I saw it and I was like, oh, R2 has some neat trick up his sleeve. And it was nothing, <laughs> you know? And that was just like, like it wasn't, I mean, obviously it was something, but it was like, I was so conditioned by that point to expect the droids to have like these neat little tricks and like, you know, little spins on what what you expected. And instead it was just like, what is that? What is that? Oh, it's the lightsaber. And it was awesome. But it was also like a little disappointing because I felt like it was a... I, I like R2 a lot, and I was really disappointed to see that his character had regressed to the point of just being, like, a, a plot device at that point, right? And he was just like, I, I have the weapon, the magical MacGuffin that will save us. But then we get yeah. but then we get Luke, like, doing a backflip and, sh- and, like, catching the lightsaber and all of that kind of stuff. And that's, like, the intro of, like, Jedi Master Luke, you know? And that mm-hmm. is so... So great. The payoff for that so, is so rich. Do you know what I love about Luke's intro here is that we first see him in hologram form, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the like through line you get from A New Hope into Return of the Jedi, and it's so great and so masterfully done that like you see Leia on this hologram presented to Luke, you know, and then Return of the Jedi starts with this hologram 
presented to Jabba, you know, and presented to all these different things. It's just, I love it so much. I think it's so cool that you get that kind of like mm-hmm. introduction that way. If we're getting into the weeds, can we talk about him force choking those guys? Yes, I actually have that written down. I have Luke uses force choke question mark. Like, what? Did Luke just use force choke? Because um, do you think that it's a factor of the movie just like George Lucas doesn't have fully what the force can do because video games don't exist yet? Like in the way that like Star Wars uses them when like when like Jedi Knight starts happening and that kind of stuff, or it's just like, do you think it's trying to say something about Luke moving towards a path of like, and that's why he's there at the Emperor with the end? Like, do you think there's actual meaning to it about why he's using the dark side of the Force, or do you think it's just a we haven't really defined that choke as the the dark side of the Force yet? That comes later in the expanded universe and the video games. That's a that's a fair question, um, Max. If you want to if you want to weigh in here too, go ahead. But that is my biggest sort of like flaw with Return of the Jedi is so much of the movie just feels so half baked. Like <laughs> the reveal of Leia as Luke's sister is <laughs> ridiculous um, and weird. So I feel like there are just a lot of aspects to this movie that were just like. Yeah, this makes sense. Sure. Whatever. And then just yeah. threw it in. <laughs> Speaking of like Luke and Leia and that aspect and like the sister part of it, I feel like that would have been so much better if Yoda would have just been like, there is another dead disappeared. You know, like don't tell Luke exactly who it is and don't get that long drawn out, like obscenely cheesy Skywalker Yoda that he has in the middle there that like that to me that's one of the worst parts is just him saying skywalker plus it really retcons the kiss in empire and makes it oh yeah weird so it's just like it's not even that it's just like since we're already here where are we at i have it right here it's it's like leia kisses luke and she says something that like she's like oh yeah i've always known Somehow I've always known. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Because you guys kissed in three times. You kissed twice in Empire and you kissed once in A New Hope. And you it know, wasn't like, like a friendly lot- kiss. It was like a hard kiss. Yes. The the first Empire kiss was nice and good and hard. And the like, you know, the first A New Hope was just like, hey, good luck. I don't want to die. But like the second Empire kiss, why do you kiss him again? You know, because you already kissed Han and you kiss him on the forehead like, oh, you cut off your arm. I'm sorry. Like, but is it? I don't know. I think think we are approaching kissing from a distinctly American perspective, too. It's important to identify that, like, there are a lot of cultures for whom kissing is very liberal and very natural and very healthy and very sociable. Like people say hi. Friends. Like the three of us would get together in Europe somewhere and be like, what's up, man? And, And then kiss. Right. So we would not kiss each other on the mouth. We would not grab each other's shirts and pull us in and then like lean back. um, Drew, I don't spend any time with you. You you don't know me. Don't don't put that on me. You don't know me. Listen, listen, I will combat that a different way and say that this was written by an American. So it's like we don't have to like it's it's it's, yes, it's obvious that every every movie they were figuring it out as they went. I think it's safe to say. No, it was. And we're just harping on it. But it is interesting. Like, and that's kind of what brings like 
And it's sad because I think Jedi is really good. And I talked about it a little bit um, in our 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 uh, commentary just about the most pivotal moment for Luke Skywalker, I feel like, is in this film. Like that lightsaber fight is his moment. Like that's him changing the way Jedi should be changed. Like this is to me, that's what Jedi should be about, like giving up the fight. And and that's so good. But then you have issues where. Oh, I've always known you're my brother, but then you're going to kiss me. And like, you clearly didn't know that stuff, you know, and there's like canon issues and that kind of stuff. And and so there's just a whole like if you just would have taken maybe a little closer detailed look at the stuff and like flatten the iron out a little bit. There's a few wrinkles in it. I think this would jump back into like maybe like my second favorite movie because there's so much good stuff here. It just is dragged down. I even love the CG like um, cantina scene with her like singing. I think that's awesome. I love that scene. Like I don't know. Yeah, no. I again, that was the first time I saw the movie, so I was like, yeah, size noodles and the Max Rebo band. Let's go. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for all yeah. of it. Um, but that scene with Luke, though, if I can just go back there for one more second, um, that scene with mm-hmm. Luke is really cool because, like, we're walking in. We don't even see his face. It's just, like, this person in black. Like, oh, is yeah. this, like, the Emperor? Is this Darth Vader? You know, um, he's choking people. Um, but then, um, like you're saying, Aaron, about him become, like, this is what the Jedi are all about. Like, I even love that he, like like non-violence is like his first solution you know like yes. hey Jabba like let's just talk this out uh, let's negotiate and we can go from there and Jabba's like nope so he's like okay let's throw it down um, and that's like I don't know the the prequels like get it I know we're not talking about those yet but like um, in terms of like the ethos I feel like like that's it right there you know like violence is his last resort and it's great yeah Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Absolutely. Like, that's like, I think just, and I think that really sets the stone, like stage for like future Luke too. And we'll get to that when we get there, you know, like, um, but just for this, um, one more thing I want, I want to throw in too. And I want to discuss this a little bit and I asked Max this question and I want to ask it to you, Drew, too, as well. Um, but so like when we finally find out that Luke and Leia are a brother and sister at the very end of of the empire strikes back and like throughout i believe gosh when did we first find out that like luke and vader could talk to each other oh it was like towards the end wasn't it like when luke was hanging off at the thread was he still talking to vader at that point like well he vader... reaches out to talk to leia at that point i don't think he's yeah to so vader, I, right? I, but... I remember him talking to vader so at some point reaching out and like could realize that like they had some sort of connection. Well, that happens in that happens in Jedi when they're in the Tidarium shuttle. Interesting. Okay. So maybe maybe so maybe let me put it this way then. So I guess my my question is is was that a foreshadow of intentional like the reason that Luke was able to reach out to Leia there was because they are brother and sister. Like was that part of the story? We know at that point that that was kind of like because I'm trying to think about that at the very end. If you're sitting in theaters for the very first time watching Empire that Strikes Back and like you see this happen, you're like, wait a second, they can talk to each other like like through their minds. Like, are they connected? Some like I don't know if that question comes up, but I want to know like is that the, the is that what they're trying to go for? It's like that was is that Lucas's intention? Intention is like is he trying to say these people are related and that's why they can like talk to each other? 
And I think Luke does talk to Vader because he says why when he's hanging off there. The fans like why, and then like Vader talks back to him a little bit. Hmm. Thinking about that, I I didn't think of it as them being related. I thought of it as more of like this is him becoming stronger in the ways of the Force. Yeah, that's my. You tell me. My like, interpretation. You saw for, the, for the first time when you could actually th- like have thoughts. You know, like I saw this when I was six. So. I think it's also important uh, to remember, too, that, like, the savviness of... And we talk about this a lot on the podcast, and I just want to, like, remind people about it, is that the savvy capabilities of audiences have increased exponentially since this film was released. And it's important for us to understand that what people expected and what people were prepared to believe and what people needed to be shown was very different from... 50 years ago than it was than it is now and I think there's a lot of like heavy handedness and a lot of like unforgivability and and, like stuff that today we're like yeah that's stupid where at the time it was like no one had done this before right like sci-fi movies weren't showing ships in grit and dirt and muck right there wasn't that like tactile human component to it and so while they made a lot of mistakes from a storytelling perspective they also like blaze trails, right? They were, they were busy yeah. like challenging the status quo and like setting up new frameworks for like popular understanding of what science fiction could be. Definitely. And I mean, and Lucas like wanted to make like, like simple adventure films. So I don't think he, planned on a you know the fans going back through and doing like a frame by frame of a 4k blu-ray you know mm-hmm. um, for every single for every single shot um he just wanted to make like a, a sci-fi action serial a pulpy Basically, sci-fi yeah. action serial mm-hmm. if you will ah the rain car yes so good it's so frustrating to me the juxtaposition between the, the the CG and the claymation in this movie. It really is. It's, it, it is frustrating. It's, it's jarring. Like it's jarring. It's the worst in this film, I think, because there's so much like big CG in this film. Like in the other films, there's like not like Empire. I feel like has the perfect amount of few ships, a couple other things, extra scene with the like the Yeti. That's it. You know, like okay, mm-hmm. cool, you're good. And, like, A New Hope is not bad either because, like, all their new scenes, like, okay, yeah, a couple animals, a couple ships. Return, you're like, all right, a whole scene? Like, you're going to add a whole song to this? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it is wonky. I love it now. And I think it's because I've gotten to the point now where, like, I don't care what bad CG looks like because, to me, it looks like bad practical effects now. Like, that CG looks so bad that I can kind of, like, oh, yeah, that's just kind of, like, bad practical, like, CG. That was the 2000s. You know, like, or like that was 95, you know, 96 when they did that. It's so bad. And so like, it doesn't really bother me anymore, but it bothered me for the longest time. And I was a strict theatrical release only person. Like I still own copies of theatrical release that you can't, like those were the, those were the last copies you could buy of the theatrical release. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't get those anymore. They they stopped selling them. For good, for good reason. I think there's a lot of stuff in the movie that really does feel, especially like when, when you add that extra layer of like post-mortem attempts to make it better right like it 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 it, because the movie already feels kind of jarring because it feels a little bit i don't know it 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 tries to suddenly be that much more epic and one of the things drew i don't know if you noticed this about the movie but like 
One of the things we were bragging about after the first two movies was how believable the extras in all the scenes were and how compelling the extras were in selling the world. And the first few scenes on the new Death Star, it's like the extras are marching around and goose-stepping and like throwing their shoulders as they salute. Let me show you how evil I am. Like they're on a... (laughs) Yeah. Promenade, man. Like they're busy showing off the new empire fashion, you know? And it's, I think that went a long way towards undermining what otherwise could have been a much more consistent vision of this universe. Cause I really do feel like they kind of like, they fell victim to their own popularity in a sense. And everything got a bit more sort of melodramatic as a result. That's true. I I guess the thing for me that um, I just want to play like devil's advocate for a minute with that, though, is I love um, the sense of scale that Return of the Jedi has that the other ones don't have. Like even in Empire, when Darth Vader shows up, there's like there's like a dozen stormtroopers. Right. And then this time when the Emperor shows up, there's like a hundred stormtroopers and it looks mm-hmm. so much more epic. And even that yeah. scene. um that scene with the Jabba Palace band is is pretty ridiculous, but also just from like a filmmaking perspective, there's some like um, there's some interesting stuff that like we got the extreme close up shot of the guy's mouth, right? And you can see like the spit and stuff. Um, yeah, I like that part in his mouth, but we don't see those shots um, in the first in like the first Star Wars because like we don't have that capability, you know, to like zoom in on a puppet. Um, in that sense and like see the spit in the puppet's mouth. So I think it allows for some interesting things. And yeah, we like, like we're saying it, it doesn't really necessarily work that well, but um, I at least think like those parts are interesting. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. I don't think I don't. Interesting is not anything I would accuse return of not being, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I love those scenes, to be honest. Like, I really do enjoy a lot of these extra scenes in Return of the Jedi. Like Max was pointing out, the Bantha. Like, I love that they look like slugs kind of going across the desert. You know, like, that's so cool. And I, I really enjoy... The only thing I really don't like that they've added is I don't like the Vader's no at all. I don't like either no. Max likes the first no, not the second no. I don't like either no. Haskell, where do you where do you... Where do you lie on this? No nose. I don't want anything to do with either of them. I don't the, want anything to do with the nose. The dramatic tension works so much better when you don't know like what his internal battle is. I know. It's so good. But, but the tension is there. By, so they still give it a lot of freaking time. They let it hang in the air for like 30 seconds with Vader like doing the like – like the vaudeville back and forth, like, oh, my child, oh, the emperor, oh, my child, oh, the em-. it's just sitting there for so long. And like to just like have nothing happen, especially when you consider that this is supposed to be like a kid's series, like this was supposed to be like entertainment, like the notion that that happens, you let the tension build. And after that much time, he actually has he 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 has a decision. And, and what I like about it is actually something that Aaron pointed out earlier, which is that Vader doesn't believe he has the strength to oppose the Emperor. And I think that is absolutely fundamental to understanding this last, like, no moment, right? Because... Because Anakin was a victim of his own power. He he lost all of his great battles. He's now the puppet 
Right, he's following the orders of what's his bucket in the first movie, the evil guy with the strong cheekbones. Moff right? Tarkin, is, Peter yeah. O'Toole, R.I.P. Yes, <laughs> rip. <laughs> yes, and it's it's very much clear that like this, this is this is a a person who who has an enormous amount of power and doesn't have the freedom to use it. Right, and so. When when the first when on Endor in the trees, Luke and Vader first talk, Luke is like, work with me, father. Like, come on, we can do this. And Vader's like, I can't. Right. It's just like. It's supreme. It's fundamental. Like he can't. And it's not because Aaron pointed out. And this is uh, this is a perspective I really like. It's it's not that he doesn't think he he has the will to. He knows he has the will to. It's that he doesn't believe he has the strength to. Right, because he says it's too late for me now. Like he just he doesn't believe that he can do it. He's like, too far gone. I don't. I just I can't do it anymore. It's too late for me. Because if he was all in on the dark side and he was fully into it, he would have said no, no. This is the way. Like you will become my apprentice. Like mm-hmm. he would get into it. Like he would not. Because like that's what. Vader is like he they, they deal on absolutes they don't deal with like these gray areas and that's where you see that break in you're like well it's it's not that I don't want to it's just like I don't think I can really like I just don't and and that's and that's like, that's actually why the nose are yeah. so much more meaningful to me is because he okay. suddenly realizes that even if he isn't strong enough that he still has his free will and after and, and we're not supposed to talk about the later movies, so I won't. I'll just say that, like, after watching him follow the orders of everyone in this, after watching him obviously be the most powerful person in the room over and over and over and over again, and then not do anything about it over and over and over and over and over again, to have him finally say, enough, right? That And so, like, I, I will be the first to tell you that no is, like, the worst <laughs> sound effect in the history of sound effects. It makes the Wilhelm scream sound like, you know, freaking um, cookie monster. Like I wish, I wish I had the opportunity to go back and unhear that. But the first no that like, I got, I got chills harder than I've ever had chills in anything where he just like, he was back and forth thing and you were sitting there on the edge of your seat waiting. And he just goes, no. Right. And it was this moment and that's what I love about film. And that's what I love about watching a character arc is these moments that happen over and over again, where uh, there's a quote I love about film that says the greatest special effect is the human face changing its mind. Right. And I firmly buy into that, that sort of like s- performance first human condition storytelling that happens in these things. And that, that moment, like to hear him say it for it to be like, for it to not to, cause when he doesn't say it, it's reactionary. When he doesn't say it, it's like, uh, I guess I'm going to do it. Especially like as a kid, as someone who's seeing it for the first time, it's like, what? <laughs> right. I don't, what? And so to hear the decisive, like to hear him make up his mind to do it, I feel like is really freaking powerful. And then obviously he says the second no that just makes me hurt. 
in in my deep yes, in my deep so soft bad. places it hurts yeah that's that's an incredibly valid and so that's a good reading of it i i, I respect that I, reading i of think it. so too me too Ma- Max, how many times have you seen Return of the Jedi? Do you this think? is probably my fourth or fifth time, so I, I'm still pretty, many, pretty baby when it comes to the. Process. Is this the first time you've heard the no? Oh no, no, no! I heard it. I've heard, uh, that's the first time I've heard it in this movie, but obviously I heard it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I guess that's what my question is. Is this the first time you've watched like the 4K like Disney edition? Yes, with the no in it. Yes, and it's 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 unfair yeah. to talk about it in grander terms, and we'll return to it later because obviously it's, this is not the first time we have heard it in the chronology of the stories. So it's like right. we need to talk about it in more breadth, but we can't right now. So for no, now, for I, now, I, I think... will say as if this is the first time I have ever heard these words. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Just the second one. He likes the first one. Just the second one. Yes. The second one is just, it hurts me. Yeah, it does too. I guess, I guess I think where I was trying to think is like, this is probably like upper twenties, the amount of times I've seen this movie. And the majority of those times are going to be theatrical release or not 4k. I've probably seen it like 20 or so times without that no in it. And so, like, that is, like, what that scene is for me. Sure. And so, like, I think it's not that I wouldn't accept the no, because, like, you make a very good point on why it's so meaningful to you. I just think that I've seen it so many times that I can't go back. Like, the Vader, to me, would not say something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, he just doesn't say very many words. Like, he doesn't say more than he needs to. And he, like, is more of a person of action. He chokes people when he disagrees with them. He doesn't yell at them. Like, he does stuff. And so to me, that's just what Vader would do. And I agree with Drew or like that to me, the internal struggle just speaks volumes to what it is. But I also think it's valid to what you said. And like, it could just be like, hey, we've seen these different things, different versions. And it's really interesting that like a scene played differently, depending on how many times you may have seen it could like have that kind of impact. And I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I'm just remembering like Again, like we're saying, I think, yeah, Aaron and I are in like the upper 20s and you're at like half a dozen max. Um, But I just remember, like, I can literally still remember the thought of like, oh, my God, Luke Skywalker is going to die. Like, (laughs) yeah. um, And so I'll just like remember sitting with that thought being like, oh, man, I'm going to watch Luke Skywalker, the hero of my childhood get zapped to death and Vader's just going to stand there and do nothing. Yeah. And it's just, and when he just decides and he picks up the emperor, he throws him down the shaft. Well, and, and, and I agree what you're saying then, with what you're saying, Max, about it, giving it more emotional resonance, I think, um, which is a, which is a strong point in its favor. I think, um, what I'm thinking about it is, is it, him saying nothing, it doesn't have as much emotional resonance. I think you're correct about that. But there is a little bit more suspense because when he was picked, like the first time, I can still remember this. I was 11 years old. I can still remember this. But when he was, when like Vader starts to move and starts to go over there, I was like, what is he doing? Is he going to finish mm-hmm. Luke off himself? Like, mm-hmm. like what, what is going to happen? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you get that suspense with that. Whereas when he telegraphs what he's going to do, that takes a little bit of that dramatic tension away from Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a classic mistake in the wrong direction of show. Don't tell. Right. 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 Which is like the writer's Bible. And instead they opted to not show and tell instead. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oof. <laughs> 
Yeah, so now that we've yeah. talked about the, <laughs> the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, how about the middle? How about some chicken walkers? <laughs> Dude, Drew, Donkey Kong Country, right? That's oh, yeah. what that is. It's true. Like, it's just so apparent now. I've, I've been playing because it's been like recently out on the Switch. So I've been playing through Donkey Kong Country. I want to go through My all of My favorite game I've of actually all never time. Beaten. You know this. <laughs> yes, I know this. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll have an episode of that. Actually, you should guest on our first episode of our new gaming podcast opening soon. Because um, it's a top 10 gaming of all time. It'd be fun to have lots of people on there. Um, anyways, yeah, like... Where are we slating like act two? Are we putting it from like the moment they get off of Tatooine and then like them deciding to like, like when, like let's just talk about what before Luke gets on the Death Star from the moment they get off Tatooine to the before Luke gets off Death Star. That's where we're at right now. And I'm going to start at the very, very end Tarantino style. And I want to say something very meta like about this and ask you a question. That I thought of. This is why you couldn't destroy me, and that is why you won't bring me to your emperor now. Is paraphrasing what Luke says to Vader when he gives himself up. Do you think this is a step for Luke towards foreshadowing him making a choice to maybe become part of the dark side? Because like we're not really like the the light side is not supposed to deal in absolutes, and he actually is. He's just like, no, this is going to happen, or this is going to happen. Or do you think it's just a fun little line and I'm just reading too much into it because it's fun? Uh, <laughs> to be perfectly frank, I'm like, I I think you are reading into that. Oh, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> I just I think it's like once you've seen a movie 30 times, you just make <clears throat> up things. You're like, geez, this makes sense, right? <laughs> like, I think this so this just makes sense. Yeah, it's absolute garbage. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, I think it ties back into this idea that we talked about earlier in the series in Empire where Ben says, no, no, Yoda says, you can't go to your friends. You have to study with me. And Luke says, effectively says, F- you <laughs> and goes anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what gives him his power is this belief in his friends and this belief in himself. And so I think it's not so much dealing in absolutes as it is listening to his conscience. And I think that's something yeah. that holds a lot of power mm. in this, yeah. this series. Yeah. yeah. Is, is I his, agree. his independence of spirit. And his sort of like belief in himself, you know, like I don't have to yep. choose. I can, I am strong right. enough to save my friends and do this at the same time. And become exactly. a Jedi. Yes. And that's what we talked about in Empire a little bit in the episode before is we talked like that's kind of the path that Luke takes that's separating himself from what the Jedi used to be to what now they're going to become. You know, like that's Luke's first step of separating himself and saying, you know what? You're right. Maybe you would have stayed and trained, but this is the right thing to do. And I know it's the right thing to do. And Mm -hmm. that's what Jedi are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. We are here to save our friends. We're not here to train because for train, like – we don't train just to train like we train to go save people and I can do that now, you know? And so like, I just kind of feel like that's his first step and it just kind of really connects up with him in Return of the Jedi where he says, no, I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not going to do it. And then he gets angry and gives into his hate and cuts off his dad's hand. And he's just like, well, shoot, I've just become you. I guess I am going to be you. Oops. Like, I am going to fight. And then he gives up. Not like in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, he gives up fighting. Like, he does what he needs to do. And just like, I don't know. I love it. I love it so much. Can C-3PO feel pain? No. Well, yes. I think actually, he wait. can. No, because they're torturing that one droid. Actually, in Return of the Jedi, they're torturing yes. that one droid by, like, burning his feet. <laughs> They are. The That's exactly what I actually. wanted to know. It is really messed up. But if you notice, that's the same droid that was walking around the sand crawler in A New Hope. And so I love that they're just using that droid again in a different way. It could be, it's just, it's the same like style. And so I think it's really cool that he's getting tortured at Jabba's Palace because uh, we talked in Emperor Empire Strikes Back when uh, C3PO is getting shuttled into the. Millennium Falcon on the back of Chewie, he gets his head a couple of times and he says, ow. And we're like, he doesn't feel pain. <laughs> but this proves that he does. They do. The droids feel pain. And that's really interesting and weird and just kind of like droids are droids. I will make um, two observations about the, the second half of this movie is one, the first one, it's a simple one, having a bigger Death Star. And I think the production design and everything of it is really cool. But having the the big bad be the second Death Star is lame. It's unoriginal. It's yeah. uninspired. I don't like that. Oh, um, you just wait. But yes, I what agree. What I do like about the kind of second act of this film is like, so like the final act of New Hope is all like pretty much just like focused on Luke, right? Um, and his whole experience with that. Um but I like that this one splits like Han, they all get split up. Han's doing his thing. Lando's doing his thing. Like, I mean, Han and Leia are doing their thing. Um, Luke's doing his thing. Lando's doing his thing. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of different parts. And I think they all come together really, really nicely. And I like that about this film. Yeah. Everybody is off. Like everybody has a part to play, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's no longer just like a very linear story. And yeah, that's very compelling. And it's super fun to see, like when you move into Jabba's palace in the first one to have Lando there in disguise, being his devilish rogue self that you've heard so much about from Han doing his part to try and make the universe a better place again. And I think I absolutely agree with you that it's very engaging. Well, it's cool that it like also shows that Luke was correct in Empire that like you needed all of these people to defeat the Empire. Like, I'm not going to do it alone. Mm-hmm. I have to have these folks. That's why it's important to save them, you know? And, and so, yeah, I, I and it's just it's a cool like going back and forth between like three planes of action at the very end. is just awesome. I love that they do that. And it's so with like tension filled. Um, I remember watching that for the first time, just being like really feeling it. Like, are they going to do it? Like, like because the Emperor feels so confident. Like, is it going to happen? And then Vader throws him in the shaft, and it's great. Well, it seems like the Emperor's, like, prepared for everything, right? He's like, oh, you think the the deflector shield's going to stop you guys? Sucker, like, you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I've thought of everything. (laughs) Yes. Um, But, Max, I think you you keyed into something um, when you were talking about, like, the sophistication of audiences, right? Like, not being at a different place. But I think one thing that this movie does is... It like with modern blockbusters, you know, like with um, Avengers, uh, I'm going to spoil this for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen um, Avengers Endgame yet. Um, but like when Captain America picks up Thor's hammer, right? That's like a huge audience payoff moment. Um, 
We love that. And so, um, so that's like kind of fan servicey, I guess too. Um, and I don't feel like obviously that wasn't happening as much in like the early eighties when star Wars was coming out this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, we get to see the Millennium Falcon like going out there and kicking ass, right? And we've all kind of been like hoping for that, really. Um, and we yeah. haven't been, so we get to see that, and that's cool. We actually get to see like the Rebel fleet um, doing its thing. So we get like we get a lot of like fan servicey payoff in this film too, um, that I don't feel like was happening as much, and it should get credit for that because it's the pay. Yeah, it's like the more epic payoff, right? And that is a very double-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> because I think I think they fall into the trap of their own fame in doing so. And I think it winds up feeling kind of hollow and kind of manufactured as a result, which, which circles back around to a lot of those issues we've touched on already where it feels um, too, too epic and too mega, too, like, spectacular right i mean it's like going from like to compare it to another popular franchise going from uh new hope to empire to return feels like going from pirates one to pirates two to pirates four where it's just like what (laughs) what are you doing like you know they have a concept for the universe they're operating in and they just got a room full of people together to be like this is a cool thing let's do that and normally I was talking earlier about the rule of cool with Aaron. Like I am a firm believer in it. I dungeon master for D and D like I play in D and D like the rule of cool is really important in storytelling, but if it comes at the expense of the world that you've tried to build, you've done everybody a disservice, especially after the amount of time they put into this series over the course of what, six, seven, eight years. And, and the, the, the sort of pioneering they did, for this kind of stuff to to see all that and then to feel like and it's big and shiny and epic and look at it at the end it's like really that's it is pirates it just, for it the just, one with mermaids yup yes. that was nonsense <laughs> it's bad yep. it was bad. it was real bad it was it was uh what's his name from deadwood right and it's like his his evil Ian McShane. Yeah, and his evil power is he wiggles his sword and ropes on the ship do things. Yep. And it's like yep. that really? movie that yep. movie was nonsense. <laughs> no. It's yes, not it that it's not good. It's not good. Hey guys, can we talk about Ewoks for a minute? <laughs> I have a few other questions. <laughs> talk about fan service. Holy crap. I like the Ewoks. Not I'm dying on this hill, actually. I'm teaming oh, good. I'm team I like- let's let's die today. Today is a good day to die. <laughs> Yes. Here's my proposition to <laughs> what the Ewoks are actually about. Uh, I think the Ewoks were going to go to war, regardless of whether or not Han and Leia showed up. And I believe this because all of that stuff was set up beforehand. They did not set that up overnight. Like, you know they didn't cut those logs down and set all that crap up overnight. They were already planning to attack they the Empire. 100% did set up all that stuff all night. The Ewoks were busting ass because they're an industrious, no, they weren't. They hardworking were... people that should be celebrated <laughs> no. for their achievements in the war against the Empire. Oh, boy. No, they are bloodthirsty war animals that are going to attack the Empire in a great fashion and way. I am all about the war of the Ewoks versus the Empire. They were going to go no matter what. They were ready. They were, and they proved it because they were the reason we won. Like, 
if it wasn't for the Ewoks, that stuff would not have happened. Like they knew and they had been studying them and they knew what rocks would penetrate. And they would knew what arrowheads would, would strike hard. This is you watching yeah. the movies too many times and developing your own theories. I don't think yet. so. I don't think so. They could not have set that up overnight. No way. Regardless of the many, many tree houses that we see and the mind-blowing industrial engineering that they're doing, they could not Exactly. Have That's what I'm saying. It. They had all those. They just, like, <laughs> changed some of the traps. Like, the, the two logs that smashed the chicken walker, that was set up for a different – that was set up like a different thing, but then they adjusted it to take that out. What? what okay, so what purpose Hunting. would that have? They're, Could like, killing just stuff. Just give me they one reason. What so are, are they, they hunting like, that requires an entire tree trunk to I bring down? I don't know, down? man. I'm not a friggin' two, indoor biologist. Two, two tree trunks. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe they had one tree trunk, so then they, Listen, so then they Drew, put up a second one. I have one. been to Endor. There are no creatures that that's, size. That's patently like, untrue. Um, they're familiar with, like, Chewbacca mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, things like... Which is... Do you think that's, a, a, like, a, like... They're all, like... That net that they, get, that net that they catch them all other. in, that's big enough to like what hold like four people and three droids, including Chewbacca, who's like eight feet tall. Um, 100%. They're catching like big ass things out there. Um, the Ewoks are rad. Not with the not as, not as that reminded me of Willow. Not as tall as a ATSD, though. I just don't think so. Like big things to the ground, like maybe they're catching like that's what I'm saying. They know, they adjusted a, they moose. adjusted their trap. Like before, it was only like okay. six feet off the ground. So then they took it like twenty feet off the ground. You tell me all just these, these rocks are just lying everywhere in like that type of forest. I've been to the redwoods. There's not that many rocks around. Well, yeah, that's the redwood forest, man. It's not the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> different <laughs> biology, different biome. <laughs> Uh, okay. I love Ewoks. I think that scene, I still remember that scene where the one dies and then the other one is like trying to wake him up. It's heartbreaking. It's very sad. Yeah. It gets me every time. I actually missed it on accident when we were watching it, but it's very sad. I, I do miss. Yeah. Plus, like all the Ewok weapons are cool. Like they've got like the bolo. Um, and all of those things. They have a, what? What do you mean? All the all the weapons. They have a bolo, a bow and arrow, spears, yeah, and then s- some sticks. Mm-hmm. S- arrow, bow and arrow, sticks, spears, sticks, timbers that like two trunks that like smash something. Sticks, logs underneath the legs. Sticks. They just have sticks, man. That's all they have. They just have different sticks. Except for the bolo, the bolo was very plus. Cool. I like the claymation like of the bolo. of the ATSD when they uh, drop all the logs and it starts to get all wobbly before falling. Yeah, it's a great effect. I do love the scene, and I'm here for the Ewoks. Ewoks, the Ewoks. Actually, I am not like arguing against you of the Ewoks. I'm saying that they are war creatures, and they are going to war with the Empire, and that's that's what I'm here for. Anyways, I'm right. You're wrong. This is my show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, well, I have a couple other questions. You want me just to go through them? Yes. All right. Do you think I, the I don't Death need Star to weigh in on the Ewoks because, like, Ewoks are so divisive. And so people have – everybody has – has an opinion about Ewoks, and so I don't need to. I don't need to weigh in on that at this point. Like I can see both arguments, and at the end of the day, I think it's what's most important is that people have a component of this movie that they like. 
But it is interesting, right, finest. that, like, they're not, like, like, everybody's, like, Jar Jar, right? You know, like, yeah. Um, but the Ewoks, we still have people that, like, stand out for the Ewoks, like myself. Um, but it is interesting that we weren't able to, like, get that with some of the other films. Oh, sorry, I, we're not, I, will, I shouldn't I will, be talking about episode one. Yeah, but, uh, we can talk about that later, but I will promise you that I will, I will stand up for other people the way that you have stood up for the Ewoks Drew I actually I will be standing up for other people in soon episodes as well the way you're standing up for the Ewoks I think I'm on Max's side here (laughs) (laughs) you understand that you were 11 when you watched this film and we were 11 when we saw Phantom Menace like you're a little bit older than us yeah yeah not by much, not by much, but it does matter. Um, I actually, um, yeah, I don't, I should, I should press Anyway, we'll get into that another time, but, uh, can a yeah. Death Star go into hyperspace? Yes, yeah. it can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It has to. Otherwise I was talking earlier, like, oh, I'm great. Now we need to go to, to like the planet of Endor. 3.8 million light years away. I'll see ya. You know, like it has to go well, to light and it speed. Moving is a is like a plot point. Um, like you know, like maneuvering around the planet to get in a firing position and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So right, yeah. I feel like the Death Star moving is a that's a that's a given. So, like one of my favorite things, and this is just a shout out. This is not necessarily like a question. Aw. This is a uh, shout out to Leia's reveal because I thought that was so cool. I remember watching that for the first time and Leia taking off that mask and being like, oh, that's Leia? Like, seriously? I thought it was amazing. That was one of the coolest reveals and like one of the best moments for me in the whole film. I loved it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. It's absolutely good. And it's aged well, too, because... Because up to that point, like, there's a lot of subterfuge happening in those scenes, and you don't know who's who or what's what. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So it's it's very easy to sort of fall fall into that concept. And it ties, yep. like, really nicely. Again, it's just another cool thing about the way that I first saw these movies. But, like, the end of Empire is, like, fresh in my mind, you know? Like, where Han and Leia leave off. And it ties really, mm-hmm. really well back to that. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Um, I, I have I have two questions left for you, and that's it. That we can be on our merry way, unless you have way more things. We actually have to rank. We have a, we have to rank a few things first. Obviously. Bring it on. Um, question one. Here we go. Where did Luke Skywalker learn all of this Force stuff? Because like <laughs> he can do so much now, and you're like, wait a second. You haven't been back to Dagobah yet. It's been three years. What have you been doing? Have you been secretly training? We know you don't read the Force Jedi books. Future spoilers, I'm sorry. But, like, come on. How did Luke become a Jedi Knight? Like, how did he do it? I I need to know. Somebody tell me. I feel like that's just, like, partly movie magic, though, right? But, like, we, in A New Hope, we go from him, like, like blocking the laser while being blindfolded, you know, um, blocking the laser droid um, to like him being able to like magically envision the torpedoes going into yes. the exhaust port. Yes. So yes. And if you listen to our episode, we asked that question on that episode as well. How did he learn how to do the magic force thing with the lightsaber? That's just um, how that's anyways. just how strong with the I, force I, he I, is. 
Yeah, I understand. It's just it actually I really like that he's so much more powerful. Like you need to have a power level between movies. I think it's great. And I think like making it three or so years in between it and making it mysterious is actually pretty cool. But I do just want to know like like when he gets back to Yoda's place and Yoda's just like, Hey man, you've learned everything I can teach you and you're like, What? You've spent two weeks with this kid. Like, what do you mean? everything he knows the force now it's just that's kind of just like it just adds to why return is just a little bit lower on the list and why i actually have probably one that's far too high on the list for everybody else i've got that i'm very excited i've got a hot take on this tell me tell me max talk to me because luke found out who his father was and in so doing found out that Yoda had lied to him, that Ben had lied to him, that all the people who had given him the opportunity to pursue this path and develop these powers were keeping the truth from him. And what that means is that when he does discover it, he is filled with anger and bitterness and rage and all the classic things you need to go dark side right so i think i think he has all of the tools at his disposal ready to go to make a sith lord and is prepared to use them i think when we meet luke at the beginning of this movie we're not sure that he is going right and i don't think he is either which, yeah. is which is why it's so people. impactful. <laughs> and he's wearing black. Uh-huh. The whole movie, he's wearing black. And it's so impactful when at the very end, he opts to throw that lightsaber aside to cast, mm-hmm. his, yeah. to cast his hatred aside because he's not just giving up violence. He's not just giving up and that path. He's giving up his willingness to use the tools that he has available to him to make himself happy. Well, yeah, and it's also very, like, throughout a lot of the Star Wars universe, and this could have been where everything started, that a lot of times when somebody's training on the Force by themselves and they don't have the support of other people, they do turn to the dark side. You know, like, they do go down that path if that's how they discover it, and that's where they're going, and that's where they're seeking it for. So I could, I could buy that. That's a, that's, that's a hot take, and I love it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, that's a solid theory. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more thing for you all, and then we are finished with the questions. We can get into our final thoughts and rankings. Why, I say, did the Emperor not know and feel Luke Skywalker while he was on the shuttle? Because Vader could feel him, and the Emperor says, huh, I wonder why I couldn't feel him. I just, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know why. And like I don't think when we were talking, like watching the film, either one of us were like had a good answer for that. Um. Okay. Discuss. I have a theory on this. I'm going to reference um, a sequel, um, but we learned that like Luke, that like Luke can close himself off from the Force, right? Or that like you can do that. Um, so in my sort of theory is that he he can close himself off to the force so that like, you know, that like he wouldn't be noticeable to the emperor, but he doesn't close himself off to Vader because he still has that hope and that redemption. And he still wants to be connected to him as his father. Okay. 
again, do I think Lucas was thinking about that? Probably not. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out. So that's why, like, Drew, you cheated and you used future films to explain past films. We don't do that here. I know. I'm sorry. Gosh, off the show. I'm scrapping the hope. Max, we got to record all this again. I'm sorry. Um, no, so yeah, I, I, I can buy that actually. I, I can I can see that. Like I I'm you're right. I don't think it was because of that that this is like necessarily the reason this has happened. Um in, in the Return of the Jedi. I, I just you know, I, I am interested for Lucas's reasoning for why, because I don't think we ever get it, and I don't know if we can infer like really what, what it is. Um, I mean, I do think and, that and like that sort of that Lucas probably thought of it just as like they have a father son bond, you know, and so that's why. Yeah, him, but and, and so that kind of that kind of goes back to maybe the family connection thing, and that's how people can feel each other's because they're family. Because Luke and Leia can feel, Vader and Luke can feel, Emperor and Luke cannot feel. They're not family, so I think that that's probably what he's saying. If I was to make a guess at it. Because I think it connects up with all the films. But then it's also weird because if Luke was like that powerful, then like why wouldn't he be able to be to sense a force being that powerful, you know? But see, I don't think Luke is that powerful with the force. I think Luke is that powerful with the Jedi like. Like he's not – he's using the force, yes. But part of what makes him so great is it's not just his force. Like what brings him to the Emperor and what – like – he saves the day by power of persuasion, not by like the force, you know, like he sets his blade aside and he says, no, I'm going to stand up for my dad. I still think he's great. Yeah. I, and like Vader hasn't had that for so long that like listening to somebody finally look at him and say, you know what? No, I believe in you. And then maybe that sparked Vader. say, you know what? Maybe I can believe in myself as well. And it's, it's that disruption of all these established systems of behavior and belief that make him a hero. He ignores Ben. He ignores Yoda. He ignores mm-hmm. everybody to follow his heart and do what's right. Even the rules be damned. And that's what makes a Jedi Knight, right? And that's why he is the hero of this series. Like, it doesn't really hit me until now, but Luke is not that powerful in Return of the Jedi. Like, what makes him so good is him becoming a Jedi of like what they're supposed to be. It's and I, like, that's what he it's uses. It's not the power of the force. It's the friends you made along the way. <laughs> it's, it's Harry Potter. And I understand that's a weird connection, but I had not thought about, but that Luke is Harry Potter. Like he's not the smartest and most powerful person, but he understands what needs to be done and has that belief that what he's doing in himself and knows that it's the right thing. Yeah. That there's a connection there for sure. Yeah. Anyways, any more thoughts? Do you have more thoughts on what we're talking about now, Drew? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, not at all. Max and I <laughs> I'm sorry for referencing the other yeah. movies. I just like I don't. I feel like it's almost we do end, it which I respect the challenge, and I like that you guys are doing that. It's just so hard to take Star Wars in a vacuum now because we have you know, it is. like we said, Listen. almost 50 years of toys yeah. and books and nonsense and. Mm-hmm. Disney Max, threw half that stuff out of the Max, window, which you can love or hate or have mixed feelings about. Yeah. Like, yeah. I will say this is our sixth episode and, and we're much better at it now than we were four episodes. Like, five, you know, like <laughs> we've been doing this for like now six and times. And Aaron, so like, Aaron will often say, 
Actually, I know we have this rule, but I'm going to ignore it for the point <laughs> I'm trying to make. That happens pretty regularly. Yes. yes, it does. So don't don't listen to me. Just do what feels right in your heart. Um, yeah, I I, I love Return of the Jedi as much gripes and like frustrations I have with it. Honestly, it wasn't until watching that it kind of slightly like went further down on my list of movies that I that I really enjoy. And I'm I'm very excited to show you what I I, I flipped it for uh, when we get there because we were not going to get there for a long time. Um, but like, what are like your final thoughts on Return of the Jedi? Like, Drew, for the first time seen in the theaters, this is like cementing the trilogy. Like, did you know Phantom of the Menace was coming out when you watched this, or was this still a vacuum of like the trilogies are the only thing that existed? No, I was still in it. I was still in a vacuum um, for this. I didn't know the Phantom yeah. Menace was coming out, but this sparked. So like, um, I remember after this came out, I don't remember when they announced Phantom Menace, but I remember making my dad buy a Newsweek um, with the Phantom Menace in it um, after we'd saw this mm-hmm. because this like awakened like a fire in me where I was like, I have to know everything about this. Um, you know, I may have made my parents buy me that exact Newsweek. I made them buy me something with like cutouts of like Phantom mm-hmm. Menace stuff. That was like a people mm-hmm. magazine, you know? I was like, yes, I have to have They this. probably yeah. did every magazine, oh, honestly, at the time. That movie was, yeah. yeah. The oh, hype level for that. I'm so excited. We're watching that next, guys. I am so excited for it. Anyways, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Return... I um, I guess what's the... Th- <laughs> like, sort of the theory on that is like, even like a... Even a bad Star Wars movie is still pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, it's like my opinion on James Bond. I'd much rather watch James Bond almost over any other movie. But like, like so I'm never going to be disappointed. Even A View to a Kill is amazing for me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, like it's, I, I think, I, I love Return of the Jedi. I, it, it holds a special place for me because it was my favorite movie for a very long time. I was probably like... 21 when I like decided to become opinionated about films then I decided like Empire was now my favorite Star Wars film my friend Baron and I uh, watched all of them our sophomore year in college uh, on our big screen TV like in the bottom of BB you know where that is Uh, and uh, we uh, that's like one of my favorite memories and Return of the Jedi is definitely there so I love it I love Star Wars thank you Max it's your turn Final thoughts on Return of the Jedi, and we are out of here. I love... Well, we got to rank some stuff, but yeah. I'm learning to love Star Wars more than I ever have. I've never been one of the big Star Wars fanboys, right? And so to have the opportunity to go back through the series and really unpack it with all the perspective we have and all of the special effects they added feels really special. And I think it's really important to appreciate that like Luke, we are really unique in the world of Star Wars because we have a lot of tools and a lot of abilities that people before us didn't. And that comes with its own set of um, responsibilities, I think. Thanks, Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will. I will just end this on the phrase that Yoda said that really just stuck with me for the first time ever this watch through which was luminous beings are we (laughs) 
Okay, Drew, what do you think? We're not getting any more out of Max until we do the rankings. <laughs> um, He's closed. He's closed off. He's contemplating life right closed now. Closed for business. Nailed. He wants to get Nailed. those M Nailed counts. the ending. <laughs> no, yeah. I just, I think, I think Return of the Jedi is, um, it, it is a, it's an impossible film for me because I went, um, I went to college for film. I got my degree in film production. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I paid $125,000 to, to talk about movies for four straight years. Um, but, uh, it's a, it's a film that's impossible for me to separate myself from like a film critic view versus my own personal feelings about it. So, yeah, I'll just say that. I'll oh, give yeah, us. Those. I'll just say that I love give us it. Those. I yeah. wholeheartedly love Return of the Jedi. Good. Yeah. Same. Awesome. Here's what we're gonna do. We are gonna do a ranking, and we're out of here. And see you later. So, um, Drew, we've been ranking three different things. Um, we've been ranking the movies. We've been ranking the opening crawls, and then the lightsaber fights. So we'll start with. Are we doing the movie all, is, we'll this, make it is this all nine? Do we count Clone Wars? Do we count? Mm-mm. No, no. So what right now, here's. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Here's how it works. Um, so we're ranking them as we watch them. So we only have Empire and A New Hope on okay. our list right okay. now. Empire Strikes Back is one, A New Hope is two. Here's the question to the to the jury. Do I got jury summons today? By the way, talk about that later. Um, anyways, here's the question: Is Return of the Jedi better than A New Hope? Who raises their hand? I can only see Max. So you're going to have to tell me. I'm not going to raise my hand. I don't think it's better than A New Hope. Uh, it, it's not better, but I might like it more. It's a respectable distinction. I like That's if I'm very, if I okay. So so where do we want? So where do if we want I to have put to it watch on list? one? Like, I'll probably watch Return of the Jedi before I watch New Hope again, even though I don't think it's as good of a film. Okay. But if I were if I were ranking the movies as movies, I'd rank A New Hope above it. That's okay. not helpful at all. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> just pick one. I don't care which one. You just have to pick one that you want to throw your vote into. I pick Jedi. I do. I, I yeah. Okay. 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 Max. So we have uh, Max. You're a tiebreaker right now between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. You're asking me which one is better or which one I like more. You have to throw your vote into (laughs) Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's, I think I like A New Hope more and I think it's better. So, like, that's my vote, you know? I, I vote for A New Hope. Okay, okay. There it is, folks. Return of the Jedi is third right now on our list. So we have Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, and Return of the Jedi. Opening crawls. Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope are our opening crawls. Do we think the Return of the Jedi crawl is better than one of those two? I actually quite like the Return of the Jedi crawl, actually. Uh, yeah, I like the Return of the Jedi crawl, too, actually. I do, too. I think, I think, it's, I think it's good. I like it, but I don't like it better than either of the other two. So I think for me, it's the crawls so far are ranked in the order of their release. 
Oh, but that's not how we ranked them earlier. We ranked them Empire Strikes Back and New Hope. That's how they ranked them. I didn't realize we were doing them cumulative. I thought we were doing them sort of like individually. Well, all right then. I suppose I will go ahead and say that I prefer Empire. Because now that I think back on it, like the excitement of A New Hope was there. but, But like Empire, Empire was just so tense. And set the scene. It was. I love so well. Empire's opening crawl. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my, my. I think. Yeah, we'll I think Return that. should be yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Um, no, I, Return for me is third. Uh, it's still. It's, okay. it's still going to be um, Empire, A New Hope, and then Return. Because Return is just right, like well, I think things it, happened. They're building another one, guys. It's happening again. <laughs> I agree, actually. <laughs> a New Hope. Well, um, a New Hope has that. Uh, I'm just thinking back now, like digging deep into my brain. But a New Hope has that stuff about like talking about like it is a period of civil war, right, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool right. as hell. Right, right, right. That 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 takes yeah. it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Return. It's 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 all holding up true right now. Empire. Return. Or Empire. New Hope. Jedi. On all. Okay. So lightsaber fights, folks. So opening crawls right now, we have Empire Strikes Back first, A New Hope second, Return of the Jedi third. Last thing, and then we will get out of here, lightsaber fights. Lightsaber. Right now, lightsaber. So then light, light laser sword the original sword fights. trilogy, and this is why I actually rank it above A New Hope. Because the, we get more lightsaber fights, and they're all awesome. The emotional resonance of Luke and Vader at the end of Empire is, is better, but we get the Jabba's Palace fight, which is the first time Luke being like a badass Jedi. We get the fight at, with Vader at the end, which is so tense. And we even have like the scene of them like stalking each other, like like lions on the savannah, you know, um, and talking to each other with the force. Even that like um, plus the chore- the fight choreography is just a lot faster um, as they were able to do. The lightsabers look a lot better. Uh, we got our first green lightsaber to show that there are different colors, just other than blue and red. Um, yeah, that this that literally when you said that question, I was like, that's why I have to give Jedi over a new hope because the 11 year old in me just loves all the lightsaber stuff in this film. Yeah. I'm I'm I, I disagree, I think. I think the Empire Strikes Back lightsaber fights the best. I just love the like colors in it. I love the tension that like Luke is just trying and Vader's kind of just playing with him and all the emotional ties up with that. I like the reveal a lot. I think it's really cool. I do think this is super cool and important, but I like the Empire Strikes Back one. So I would rank them Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, then A New Hope. And I think Drew, you're at Return Empire, mm-hmm. then A New Hope. The fight with Obi Wan okay, Vader is not exciting. Again. The fight choreography is really clunky. I am going to further muddy the waters. <laughs> yes, and say that A New Hope has the best lightsaber fight Ooh. because it's so it's so spectacular it's so new it's so different i had never in my life seen a lightsaber duel before i saw a new hope and it redefined my understanding of combat some would say you didn't even see a duel in a new hope either hey (laughs) (laughs) so i think 
it's really important to understand, like, so I will sit here and defend um, Ben's decisions in that fight to the end of my days because I think he was not there to beat Vader. I think he was there under his own pretenses doing other things. I, I agree. I agree with yeah. that. I agree with all of that. I agree with you, too. And so I do, too. I just like yeah, the first Luke, note. Like, throwing a his new- lightsaber behind his head. And <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. a, new hope, a New Hope was really tense, really stressful, really anxious, because it was like, oh, Ben, Ben, be careful. Ben, oh, that. Right? Like, it was really intense for me as a kid, and even as an adult. Um... The fight, the lightsaber fight in, um, let's let's say the lightsaber fight in Empire is a, a tool for the plot, right? It's not an actual fight. It's, hey. Well, then how is A New Hope the one an actual fight? Because that's a total tool for the plot. No, it's not because it's the first time you're seeing it. And so it's like, it's. Different. Oh, okay. Just because you decided that that matters. That's okay. Why. So first of all, it does matter, and it's cute that you think it doesn't. <laughs> Sweating Second, over here. It's hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Empire is not about. You know that neither one of them is going to kill the other because it's like uh, we just got here. Like this is the first time they met, and so they like they whap at each other a little bit, and then they do a lot of running around. There's one period where Luke like runs into a ventilation shaft and like wanders around in an empty room for a full 15 seconds before sneaky ninja Vader pops out from behind some corner, even though it's impossible to be sneaky in a building that size with clothes he's wearing like that and whaps at him some more. And it's like, it's not, it's not about the duel, right? The duel isn't anything spectacular. It's just a tool for the, for the plot. And I appreciate that. And I think it's important, but I still think, the setup to the arc of the plot is more important than a um, M. Night Shyamalan twist, right? I feel like that duel was there. That bit of the story is shock value more than it is like weightiness, especially in that fight. Okay. And then, so I would argue that there's actually four fights we've seen so far. And the my my number two favorite is the the lightsaber fight on uh, Tatooine where Luke is like, R2, give me my lightsaber and let me f- some f- up. <laughs> he just carves a path. Right, right, right. But that's in coming scene. We're going to, we're going to take the entire fights of the movie and make it one. Right. So that means, so, so that means, uh, Return has two fights in it, so that does make it more. Yeah, so that means Jai gets two points, because I gave it three points. Max gives it two. No, I agree. I think I think I think it should go. Drew, where are you at with Empire? Empire are you at second. Empire second yeah. or third? So I think unfortunately it's gonna have to go Return, Empire, A New Hope. With the infinite pulp rankings. Because Max, you're the only one that has a New Hope first, and I have Empire first, and Drew has I have Jedi first, uh, yeah, Empire second, and I have a New Hope's last, and so does Drew. So it cumulatively has the least. As amount of long points. as you appreciate that, and no offense, Drew, Drew is not a recurring voice in Infinite Pulp, and so the cumulative decision no. of Infinite Pulp has been decided by the establishment. <laughs> man, <laughs> the man has decided. And that's not cool, man. <laughs> you're using your power. Yeah. You're using your power for 
for evil. Yeah. Well, you also decided opening crawls and he decided movies. Oh, that's fair. All right, fine. (laughs) I think I'm giving up. I'm giving up Return of the Jedi. I'm not getting my way either, Max. I want Empire Strikes Back first. So so nobody wins. No, that's what I'm saying. Nobody wins. We all... Like Drew's the only one That's who important. wins, which sucks for us, but we're gracious. You are very so. kind, very kind. <laughs> Except when Aaron is wrong, in which case it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I've had so much fun. Drew, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to bring you back for um, at least one more um, for sure, but you can come back for any that you want, and I'll keep on telling you. My pleasure. Thank you for having so, me. You both are, are yeah. a great time. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's been a lot of fun. Do you have any place you want people to find you on social uh, media? No, just you can fo- you can find me on Xbox Live at Drew Tang Clan, um, and that's Drew with two O's. Cool. Come play Overwatch I with play us. A lot of Overwatch. Yes. Yes. Come play Overwatch with us. Absolutely. Max, any place we can find you? No. Okay. <laughs> See you later. Mine is at Damp Mango. D A M P three D Mango at Twitter. And Instagram, though I don't have Instagram anymore, I deleted it. So good luck. Um, it's also my gamer tag. Come, come say hi. Come play Overwatch with hey. us, um, or anything you can. Um, we'll get Max's socials next week when he's more compliant. <laughs> have a good bye, week. everybody. See you later.